It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I are talking about nutrition. We'll talk a little bit about nutrition and PT and how Brandon approaches discussing nutrition with his patients. We we'll talk about nutrition and strength conditioning and how I approach nutrition with my clients. And then we also talk about our favorite resources if you want to go and learn more about this topic. If you could, please take 30 seconds and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It's how we reach more people and we can expand the conversation. Thanks in advance, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I are talking about nutrition. Mainly, we're going to stick with how this fits into the physical therapy setting, but we're going to get into a few other topics. So, Brandon, I know the APTA recently put out a statement regarding nutrition and physical therapy, but I want to get your thoughts on what they had to say, and then also, how do you approach nutrition with your patients? Yeah, so uh, basically in the physical therapy world, it, it is a bit of a gray area when it comes down to it. And I do want to preface that no matter what we talk about, I am not a registered dietitian, nor do I pretend to be one, but it is something that we do address daily in the clinic. So you know, what you're asking about, uh, APTA has basically stated that nutrition is part of the professional scope of practice for physical therapists. But this might depend on your practice act. So for example, in South Carolina, the practice act is silent. They, they don't address it at all. Uh, there are other states that don't allow any person to give nutritional advice whatsoever than an RD, registered dietitian. And then there are also states that will allow anyone to give a nutritional advice, uh, but an RD is the only one that can charge for bill or bill for it. And I think that's what South Carolina falls into. I'm not 100% sure on that, but don't quote me on it. Mm -hmm. um, but there are times when a PT should refer out and APTA also mentions that as well too. So you know, one example of that is that whenever it, there's some education that's required beyond general information we found in the public domain, you know, that's things like published dietary guidelines or any kind of patient or client that comes into the room that needs extensive meal planning or needs specifics on things like macro and micronutrients. Those are the people that should, should be referred out. Um, you also got to keep in mind, too, that there are certain types of disease processes and there are certain types of medications that can be interfered with certain types of food or drinks. So that's something we also have to keep in mind as well, too. So it can, it can get complicated. Um, and, you know, if you ask a PT, they're going to say, yes, we can address it. In some ways, I think if you were to ask an RD, they would probably tell you that, no, we're the only people that can do it. So it, it depends on who you talk to. Right. And for you uh, specifically in, in the clinic, how often do you feel like you are having these conversations with your patients? 
I, I talk about it with just about everyone to some degree that comes into the room. So, you know, pretty much on day one, we're going to be talking about sleep, hydration, diet, you know, what are you eating? How many calories are you eating? Are you eating enough? Do you feel like you're eating too much? Uh, things like that. You know, I, I do tend to keep it kind of basic, especially, um, you know, when it comes to the questioning, when it comes to the device, but it's something I do want to keep records for in case I do want to refer it out. So I would imagine though, that honestly, you probably get into it a lot more in depth. I know you do um, than what I do in the clinic too. So how, how do you address these things as a strength coach? Yeah. So I'll preface everything I say with the fact that I'm not an RD either. So um, that is something that, you know, if somebody comes to me and they have some other comorbidity, you know, if they're diabetic or they have, you know, something else that really is above my pay grade, quote unquote, I'm going to refer out. I have um, RDs that uh, I refer to if I think that it's necessary. So I'm not, uh, not one that's afraid to do that, especially if it's someone that comes to me with something, uh, uh, something like that, some kind of metabolic syndrome, uh, that I think needs, uh, an RD. But, um, you mentioned a little bit about scope of practice and it, there's a great website that kind of gets into this and it's nutritionadvocacy.org and that it basically takes each state and gives them a color. It's either a red state, an orange state, a yellow or a green. And it has to do with how restrictive that state is in terms of who can and cannot give nutrition advice. So if it's a red state, uh, it's illegal to perform individualized nutrition counseling um, uh, you know, and let, except for RDs. Um, in orange states, it's, uh, it's still more just RDs. There might be a non-RD pathway to be able to do that, but it's still pretty restrictive. But yellow and green states, and South Carolina is a yellow state, it is a lot less restrictive. So for example, in our state, it says that um, it's, um, it's one of those things that we can't bill for, you know, like insurance. If you're not an RD, you can't try to get reimbursement for those practices, but you, there's nothing to say that you can't provide uh, general nutrition advice. So uh, that is something to look into scope of practice, nutritionadvocacy.org. So um, for me, my goal with nutrition is I'm trying to provide education to every one of my clients so they can just make better decisions on ways to impact their life and performance. So um, we get into it uh, pretty in depth to tell you the truth. Cause I, truly believe that this is one of the areas where we can make the biggest impact more than any training program. I write, I, if we can make uh, differences in their nutritional habits, um, then that's where we're going to get the biggest bang for our buck. And to tell you the truth, even if you live in one of these really restrictive states or you don't feel comfortable prescribing macros or um, meal plans, you can still make a huge difference talking about nutritional behaviors. So um, talking about uh, things like uh, chewing your food enough, <laughs> as simple as that, or, or sitting down while you eat. Uh, you know, there's so not trying to multitask, smelling your food before you eat it. There's so many things that you can go into that are, that are extremely important uh, that are not related to numbers or anything like that. And that's something I know some people really don't feel comfortable getting into is giving macronutrients or anything like that, or their state might not allow, but that is something that we can really get into um, these behaviors around it. So um, for me, when I'm starting with a client, my first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get an intake form with all of, you know, their recent, um, recent data, what they're eating, how much they're eating, all that. If they're not currently tracking, I have them track in some form just so I can get an idea of where they are because I really want to meet them where they are. Um, it doesn't help me to throw some meal plan at them um, if they've never um, sat down and tried to cook their own food before. You know, they're not going to succeed. So I have to meet them where they are. So I throw out this intake form first to get some data back. And then I'm also collecting other data on them. I'm looking at um, their you know, medical history. You know, are there any other considerations I need to take? You know, if they've had their gallbladder removed, I know that they may not tolerate higher fat intake. Um, I'm looking at any other conditions. 
um, you know, do I need to refer this person out? Are there on medications that I need to, to review? And we do get pharmacology in PT school. So that's something I, I feel comfortable with, but if I don't know, I'm going to do research on it. Um, I'm looking at, okay. Um, I'm even looking into like their lifestyle factors at that point because that's going to affect their nutrition. Are they uh, stressed from their job? How, uh, how many hours do they work a day? Uh, I'm looking at, um, you know, cause I know that stress can, can affect their digestion. I'm asking them some hard questions. I want to know how many bowel movements they're having a day. I want to know what, you know, I have a stool chart. I want to know what kind, you know, the kind of consistency of their bowel movements. And that might, you might think, well, that's kind of weird, but that gives you a huge insight into their digestion. I'm going to ask females um, about their menstrual cycle. You know, do they have one? Is it regular? How long does it last? How long between? Because that gives great insight into, are they properly fueled? And uh, I'm going to, you know, go into their nutritional history before. Have they tried to track stuff before? They worked with a coach. Have they tried a million things, had no success? Have they tried something and had success in the past? All that's going to help me figure out where do they sit? And I'm going to meet them where they sit and then work with them on, uh, you know, on making little habit-based changes as we progress in their program. That way I can make sure that they're kind of checking all the boxes from the nutrition side of things to ensure that they're going to help, uh, you know, reach their goal that they want in terms of health and fitness. Let's talk about a little bit more. Um, the last thing you mentioned about habit-based changes, because you know, that's, that's usually how I start with someone because you know, we live in South Carolina. We live in Columbia, South Carolina. There yep. is a high per capita of obesity and diabetes. You know, we oh, yeah. see you know, a lot of patients that are coming in for, you know, a post-op, but oh, by the way, they also are obese and have type 2 diabetes. And so it's not, I, I don't feel like it's realistic just to completely just try to overhaul somebody on day one. So a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have the food log out. We'll talk about, okay, so you drink you know, four sodas a day. Why don't we start by cutting out one or two of these while we replace it with water? And then we kind of go from there. What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like if, if you try to change too many things at one time, too many variables, and they're going to just rebounding right back where they were before, if not worse. Oh, I think you're exactly right, man. And I take the exact same approach. I always I cite an example that I love where it's like, say somebody comes to you and on you know, their daily lunch, it consists of usually white bread, bologna, and cheese on a sandwich. And like you said, in Columbia, South Carolina, that is, you know, something like that is not, you know, you know, not, it's not unusual to see. So for me, that person comes to me, he's got white bread, cheese, you know, regular, just whatever uh, cheese they got from food lion and bologna. And then, you know, what am I going to do? Well, the first step I'm going to take is, all right, maybe we can change that bologna to, you know, a deli turkey. Still not ideal necessarily, but it's a step in the right direction. Let's try that. And then that's the first step. And that's all that first step is. You may think, wow, that's only one thing. But yeah, if you, like you said, if you change a million things, it's not going to happen. They're not going to be able to, to, to do all that at once. And, and my thing is I want them to see success because success will build on itself. So after they are consistent with that deli turkey, then I'm trying to get that white bread to, re- to wheat bread. And you're like, oh, man, well, well what about gluten-free or anything like that? again, baby steps, we're going baby steps. And then I'm going, okay, maybe that regular American cheese, maybe I'm looking for a higher quality cheese there. And now I've got a wheat bread, uh, a higher quality cheese and a deli turkey sandwich. And that is still a long way from white bread, you know, classic, you know, you know, standard conventionally conventional cheese and bologna. And it keeps going on. And eventually maybe that whole thing becomes a lettuce wrap with organic uh, tomatoes and uh, roasted turkey that they hand sliced at home. 
And, you know, it's, it's those baby steps is what, you know, creates lasting change and it sets them up for continued success. So I don't sit there and give somebody a meal plan right away. And I don't sit there and give somebody macros right away because I think they need to show me that they've kind of earned those macros that they can handle all these other little things first. Uh, I'm not a, uh, if it fits your macros fan, uh, you know, completely, I think there's still a quality component in there. So I sit there and I make these little steps um, one by one. uh, And over time, it really seems to have a great effect. Yeah, that psychological factor is is really important. It's it's a, it's really important just to uh, have a lot of little wins because mm-hmm. you know having that that boost really just puts you in a positive mindset, and it's it's easier just to keep up with these things and definitely make it a habit, make it a, a lifestyle yeah. for sure. But also, yeah. uh, just for people out there listening, just just talking about weight loss is just big concepts here. Is it as simple as the math, calories in versus calories out, or does it go a little more in depth than that? That's a great question, man. Um, I love, love the controversial topics. Um, I think it, 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 you do need to be at a deficit. I think it's hard to argue that, that fact that um, for you, for, in order to lose mass, there has to be a caloric deficit. Now, I still think that that gets misinterpreted and people often undershoot a lot. Um, for me, I want to create a deficit. If somebody comes to me looking to lose weight, um, I do want to create a deficit, but I don't want that deficit to be too large. If it's too large, uh, then we're actually going to be counterproductive. In a lot of ways, the body's going to upregulate hormones that are involved in storage and downregulate hormones that are involved in breakdown, which is the opposite of what we want because it's sensing that I'm not getting enough to sustain what I need to do. So I'm going to try to protect myself. That's what our bodies do. So I want to create a deficit, but I want to make sure that I still cover, uh, you know, have enough calories to cover our, say, our basal metabolic rate. Somebody's basal metabolic rate, which again, that is essentially if you were laying in a bed all day doing absolutely nothing, how much, you know, how many calories are you burning um, just with your standard bodily processes? It doesn't take any kind of activity in there. It doesn't take the thermic effect of food into account, any non-exercise activity. Um, so for that, I want to make sure I'm at least covering that. I never want to get really below that. Um, for me, it, it's, again, it's, it's about baby steps and it, it's, creating something that's going to be sustainable and safe for the person. So creating a deficit is important, but I don't, I I think it's something that you really have to do it tactfully. Um, You can't just, Oh, I'm just going to not eat a lot and probably I'm going to lose weight. Uh, I think it's a little bit more uh, complex than that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I think the the under eating side of things, I I do say, see that quite a bit as well too, especially after surgery. So when I have like, you know, say a post-op knee, they'll come in and say, Oh, you know what? I, I skipped breakfast this morning. I actually skipped a couple meals because I don't, I'm just sitting around and I feel like I'm getting fat. Well, that's really bad because if you under eat, that's, that's going to decrease lean mass and decrease protein synthesis. And that's actually going to inhibit your healing response. And yep. that is actually something, you know, just mentioned in just jogging my memory now mentioned in day one things I, I do tell people basically when they come in after surgery, they've had some soft tissue damage, they're healing we talk about protein intake. We talk about overall calorie intake. We talk about the importance of vitamin C through the diet, not through supplements, because that will help with protein synthesis. Hydration, you know, simple as that is drinking plenty of water, sometimes putting a little bit of salt in it, especially if you sweat is important to enhance that nutrient uptake. Um, so those are things that you know, we definitely do address in the clinic. Speaking of, you know, I mentioned vitamin C. One thing I do completely stay away from are supplements. And I don't know what your stance is on that. Um, but the reason why I, I don't get involved with it is because I feel like there's too much risk and liability because, you know, we know that the dietary supplement industry is not regulated by the FDA. Um, their stance is that they, 
assume supplements are safe until proven unsafe, which means that legally you could be getting sold what's actually on the label. It could be some kind of placebo or it could actually be something harmful. So that's actually happened before several times in history. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, man, when it comes to supplements? Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same thing. I, yeah, for me, supplements are very low on the food chain in, in terms of my approach with a person. Um, I'm really going to make sure that they're eating an adequate amount of calories first. Um, then I'm going to kind of, when I know that their the caloric intake is where it needs to be and those food hygiene practices that we talked about are, are kind of in check, then I'm going to look into more of the macronutrients, making sure that I find the, the balance that's going to work best for that person. I'm going to dive into a little bit more about timing after that um, in terms of when they're eating around training. Uh, I'm going to then get, you know, I'm gonna, like this whole time I'm working on uh, food quality as well. And then maybe at the very end for some people, we'll have a conversation about, um, about supplements and, and possibly things that might help with them. Um, again, I never tell somebody to have to take anything. I, I give them the facts. I let them make educated decisions for themselves. Um, that's kind of the way I approach it. So I'm going to give them the research. If they come ask me, I'm going to tell them what I know about it and give them some, re- some literature to read themselves. And if they feel like it's necessary for them, then they might take that. They, they might go for that. Um, there are some supplements that, I, that for the most part, I think m- the vast majority of people probably will benefit from, but you know, it's, I'm going to still going to handle it on a case by case basis, make sure all of our other boxes are checked and then really, you know, kind of determine, is this necessary for this person? Boom. What else you got, man? Yeah. I, you know, my big thing too, I, everybody knows, uh, you know, everybody loves macros. Macros are sexy. That's what people want. And, you know, a lot of these companies out there are, you know, these online nutrition companies it, it's, you basically just get a macro prescription and then you eat, mm-hmm. you know, your goal is to just match that macro prescription and track your, your um, progress in terms of maybe weight loss or whatever the metric that they want you to track is. Um, maybe it's some subjective stuff in terms of how you feel like you're performing or recovering, but um you know, I feel like that's such a small part of the picture. And yes, you know, I will work with clients on macros, especially if they're a competitive athlete where I feel like they can really benefit from that. Uh, a lot of my, you know, body composition, uh, you know, clients are not, you know, I, I don't make them track all the time and hit perfect macro numbers, it, it, you know, because I just know that that's, that's not as important to them. But if someone has real, um, you know, performance goals and needs to be exact, yeah, we'll dive into macros. But I love talking more about the food hygiene stuff with people. And when I say food hygiene, I mean the behavioral aspects, it's practices, behaviors um, that are going to allow for the your body's best ability to process the food. So talking to people about sitting down um, and smelling your food before you eat it, not multitasking, putting your fork down between bites to encourage you to eat a little bit slower, chewing enough. Our body, we as a people do not chew near enough, man. And the, the, uh, digestive process, the breakdown process begins in the mouth there, you know, with salivary enzymes. So te- te- uh, teaching people how, you know, they need to chew before they, uh, um, you know, before they, you know, they can't spend five minutes and just shovel it down. They need to focus on chewing, um, cooking their food, raw food being a little bit harder to digest, trying not to eat on the go, um, trying to help decrease their anxiety around food. There's so many little things like that, that, um, you know, people, you know, they neglect. And if you're just following a macro-based approach, you're missing that whole thing. And yeah, maybe you'll have some success for a while, but long-term sustained success really is going to encompass the whole picture. So when you know, if people have questions about you know, macros and my thoughts on that, I'm happy to, to talk with them about it. But ultimately, I, I want to know the other things too. I don't just want to know, you know, are you getting enough grams of protein? That's one aspect of it. But are you, are you sitting down when you're eating? Are you chewing? Are you putting the phone away? Are you having a conversation with somebody? 
you know, those, there's so many other aspects to this whole idea of nourishment. Cause I look at it more as nourishment than just nutrition that I think, um, you know, people are just missing, you know, low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually, I read a study somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but they actually showed that whenever a person stares at a screen, like at their phone or at their computer, they actually chew less. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, that's really interesting. Just the whole behavioral aspect of things. Um, but Josh, if someone is wanting to learn more about the nutrition side of things, do you have any good resources out there? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the precision nutrition certification course. If you're looking more to do this as like a, a profession or something like that. Um, we have a coach on staff that has gone through that and she kind of heads up our nutrition program. Um, she's great. And um, I know that course has been very beneficial to her. They put out great material. They put out a ton of free stuff too. So follow uh, John Berardi and those guys. Um, I would, I look into OPEX. I had their nutrition module as well as part of their coaching certification program. That was big for me. Um, there, you know, if you're not planning on going the, um, kind of formal nutrition route, um, through, you know, academia, I think those two are some great certification courses out there, um, for it. Uh, when it comes to authors and books, I, I like a lot of things that Michael Pollan's put out. So things like, uh, in defense of food was one of the first ones I think I ever read omnivores dilemma food rules. Those are all his books. They're great. Um, Gary Tobbs has put out some good stuff. Um, I would recommend, um, what's the name of the one, uh, why we get fat and what to do about it. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a little bit more digestible. He's put out some other stuff like good, but calories, bad calories. It's hard to read. Um, uh, tell you the truth. It's like, it's, it's, it, it's dense. Um, but then, um, you know, some of the classics that you'll see mainly in the CrossFit world, you used to see, uh, Rob Wolf, um, before a little bit of a falling out there and he's put out things like the paleo solution. Um, that one's all right. Um, again, I never advocate one specific diet like paleo or, or anything like that. Um, I, you know, I, again, the carno- carnivore only diet. Yeah. It's very individual specific for me. Um, but, um, he, I really liked his newest book wired to eat. Um, that was a really great one. Um, that one is, you know, is, is a, a good, really good read. Um, and then, you know, you can always go back to like, um, Mark Sisson and primal blueprint. There's some, there's some great resources out there, man. Um, and some of those books have stored, stood the test of time. I think the biggest thing you can do is, read a lot of different perspectives and then understand that um, it's probably a little mix of everything and no, it's not a one size fits all. Just like my belief in training um, with uh, training programs needing to be individualistic. Um, so is nutrition, man. It's it, nothing is one size fits all. And just because one diet works for one person or one macronutrient breakdown, like 40, 30, 30 percentages work for one person doesn't mean that it's perfect for you or perfect for every client that you work with, or every patient that walks through your door. So really trying to, to get a, uh, a wide array, um, of different opinions and, and different ideas, uh, has been beneficial for me at least to, uh, to really kind of see how important it is to individualize it. Last question. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? Mm, eggs. I'm a big egg fan. Um, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've been, um, going off Marcus Philly, um, is a fun guy to watch on Instagram. Uh, he created that functional bodybuilding. He's really great athlete, great mover, good coach, puts out great content and he puts out these things, um, pretty much weekly. And now all of his followers do too. They're called, they're called Philly frittatas. Um, so he didn't create the frittata, but it's just kind of, he's kind of popularized it these days. And so what I'll do is I'll take, um, uh, 
like some kind of meat uh, this week. It was ground, ground beef, lean ground beef, brown it. Um, you know, I'll saute some vegetables and then I'll put it all together, let it cook a little bit, and I'll crack 12 eggs in this big cast iron skillet. All right. So I crack 12 eggs over it. I stir uh, just enough to get like an even consistency. And then I'll put it in the oven for like 20 minutes and it will kind of bake through. And now I've got breakfast pretty much for the whole week. And I'll cut little squares of that. And I'll usually cook maybe like a, um, a you know, a strip or two of bacon. Um, some days I might have uh, maybe a little bit of oatmeal, depending on when I trained, if I want to have a little bit more carbohydrates, uh, you know, in the morning, um, or if I'm trying to partition my carbs differently. Um, but man, I've been I've been hitting those frittatas in the morning. And, and they're good, man, you need to try one. That sounds good, man. What kind of sauce you did that in rancher blue cheese? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say neither on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, They're good, man. I'm, I'm a hot sauce guy. So I can add I'll add hot sauce to anything. And that would be just enough. All right, man. Yeah, it's I, for me. I keep it simple, man. Just eggs and black coffee. Most can't, days. can't go wrong with that, man. Um, I think, yeah, it, people complicate nutrition as well, just like they complicate training. Um, I think variety is important, um, but there are some staples. I mean, not many. You know, there are some people that maybe can't tolerate eggs. I have seen that before, but it's hard to go wrong with with some eggs and bacon in the morning. Maybe uh, you know, uh, you know, some mixed berries uh, and then a little black coffee. But make sure you're uh, hydrating well, and you're kind of off to a good start. Sure. Well, before we sign off, don't forget to go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. It literally takes less than 30 seconds. I know because I timed it. If you want to look us up, you can find us at betterfasterpodcast.com or at betterfasterpodcast. Josh is at carolinaperformancetraining.com or at cpt underscore strength. Or you can find me at vertexpt.com or at vertexpt. Hope you all have a great week. We'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.